This is Beyond Mentorship with Dr. Nimrod Mbele, a show that matches business mentees with exceptional mentors to provide the skills and knowledge to navigate the entrepreneurial journey. Beyond Mentorship is brought to you with the compliments of Plus 94 Research, the science of decision making. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's installment of Beyond Governance. My name is Nimrod Mbele. I'm quite excited to share this space and time with you, uh, the listeners of um, 101.9 High FM as well as 91.9. The kind of collaboration that uh, we have ushered in today is it's obviously in a context of diminishing employment prospects. Uh, The thinking overall is that we are duty bound uh, to cultivate a different mindset. Uh, If what kind of mindset I'm referring to, I'm referring to entrepreneurial mindset which must be a priority, especially for youth. I mean, when you look at um, uh, unemployment rates in this particular country, we're sitting at about 40%, depending on the well, on a broader, broader definition of unemployment. Uh, 40%, it's, it's, it's massive, and it does not inspire confidence at all. And the saddest part is that the bulk majority of those that are unemployed are youth. And despite some of them having qualifications, uh, it, you know, what is important for everyone to really understand is the fact that these are just not statistics. These are people whose dreams have been shattered. Um, at the macro level, you would understand that if you are not playing part in the economy, you are being deprived um, of supposedly deprived of making a meaningful contribution to your, to your country via the taxes and, and, and what have you let alone at the personal level. So it's quite, it's quite frustrating, I would imagine. So it is in that particular spirit that we have collaborated with uh, 91.9 uh, to ensure that we contribute to what's the entrepreneurial mindset which is desperately needed in this particular country. We all know that throughout the world, particularly when you're looking at uh, developed countries, you talk Germany, you talk UK, you talk Japan, you talk Hong Kong, Taiwan, you name them, small businesses are actually the bedrock of those particular, uh, you know, economies. We all know that uh, large corporations in this country are, are literally downsizing every other time. So which means we have to activate, we have to be deliberate in activating particular mindset that would usher new cohort of industrialists. I mean, every single brand that you know of today is started by an individual. Where they're talking clothing and environment, you're talking technology, you're talking automotive. Somebody started those kinds of business. It is on that basis that they are mega, you know, trans trans uh, corporations that that are known today. Anyway, moving uh, moving on swiftly, it is customary to acknowledge those who came before us. Uh, on that note, I want to thank Michael McKenna and his team. Uh, on the same vein, in the same vein, I want to acknowledge Craig on the controller, Harry Seleke, who is the producer of this gentleman. Thank you very much for your contribution. Uh, anyway, if you missed any of our show last week, uh, we had an interesting conversation with Nicola Cooper, who is a founder of NNC and Associates, as well as Paul Balen, who is the founder of Paul's Home Made Ice Cream. They gave us interesting insights in, in, in as far as their journey is concerned, which um, you and I pretty much left empowered after that particular conversation. 
that it is possible to have a brand, you know, such as Paul's homemade ice cream. I mean, from zero to ten, you know, shops in in lucrative environment, and it's growing in leaps and bounds. I mean, it was such a fascinating story. Um, but if you missed that, not to worry. Just go to the website, uh, download the podcast, and share your thoughts with us. Uh, our SMS line is three four five one nine. The Telegram is o six one. Eight nine five one zero one nine, and of course your thoughts are most welcome via my X handle, which is at Dr. Mele. Tonight we're sharing, shining a spotlight on the turbulence uh, journey, underlying with turbulence because any business is highly turbulent. Uh, of an entrepreneur who shared determination and and you know, reliance, uh, resilience, a bigger pardon, has really paid off. Uh, my guest tonight is. Michel Adams, who is a founder and a CEO at Aeon's Creative Technology. Our conversations with Michel will center around fundamentals of mentorship. Towards the end of the show, I will bring in a, a prospective mentee by the name of Pilani Mahano, who is an MD of West Mountain. Um, his company, is, he obviously is in the build environment, focusing on plumbing, the entire village of build environment, plumbing, building, construction, erosion, that kind of stuff. So um, stay tuned to hear more from a would-be beneficiary of, of, of uh, our program uh, by the name of uh, Pilani Mano. Without any waste of time, let me take this opportunity to welcome Michel. I believe he is joining us. Good afternoon, Michelle, and thanks for gracing beyond beyond mentorship. Thank you for having me. Thank you, and uh, good afternoon to all your listeners. Absolutely. Um, since we're engaging for the very first time, and typically every show, somebody brand new is tuning in and listening. Uh, for purpose of the listener who pretty much doesn't know who uh, Michan is, could you just give us a sense of Michan? Yeah, I'll try and keep it short, which I struggle to do at times, I must say. Um, I, I am a software developer, traditionally trained as a software developer with a creative flair. So I've always wanted to be a musician, always wanted to get into the arts, but studied something as a back net. And I found a way to kind of fuse those two worlds in the way of creating new and great ideas and products and digitizing it uh, from from a, a creative aspect. With doing that, I started getting into entrepreneur, inter, entrepreneurship in general. So I tried doing a record label and, and doing what is now iTunes, but way before its time, um, I then did a software company, uh, which just brought in a lot of small change and lastly, my the, the last successor I just had, I started a payments company called Ozo Payments. I ran that for about seven years and then exited in 2021, uh, selling to Tencent for 48 million US dollars. They bought a, a stake in the business. And from there, I decided to start Aeon's Creative Technology in order to give back and help other entrepreneurs share my journey with them and hopefully build them up to a point where they, they do it also themselves. My goodness, did you say for for this 48 million uh, US dollars? I'm, I almost fell off my off yes, my chair. Yes, what I said. 
beautiful stuff, beautiful <laughs> stuff. That makes yeah. you the right person to inspire a number of uh, entrepreneurs who are listening to this show. Uh, and, and it's quite important that um, part of our conversation, you give us insights on some of the, your ex, some of your challenges um, that that ordinary entrepreneur is likely to face. Let's take a break. We'll come back in a second. This is Beyond Mentorship with Dr. Nimrod Mbele. Is brought to you with the compliments of Plus 94 Research, the science of decision making. Welcome back to Beyond Mentorship. My name is Nimrod Mbele. I am joined by Mission Adams, who is a serial entrepreneur. Before we took that break, he gave us uh, snippets of his um, success. I mean, um, I'm quite fascinated by the kind of inroads, if not impact he has done. Uh, if you operate that level, you must have changed so many lives, which on its own is an inspiration to any uh, entrepreneur who want to venture uh, in, in business. Um, as you proceed, um, Mitchin, the reality is that um, let's look at the stats in relation to how business um, succeed or not succeed. You know, Richards indicates that research suggests that there's about 63%, especially in a tech environment, of, of, of companies who don't, you know, who, who don't make it. There's about 25% those that, you know, obviously survive during the first year and only 10% survive overall. I mean, your entity would have been among the 10%, which is a very um, negligible number, particularly in the context of high unemployment rate as in South Africa. I'm raising this particular point is that we obviously need to leapfrog the listener, entrepreneur, uh, who either in the cars at home, Marlin, trying to find creative space. You don't have to. They don't have to repeat some of the mistakes that you that you have created or that you have encountered. It is possible to live frog. Um, is my assumption correct? It is. I just want to add to your stats there, and, and I think that that will also give you some context as to why everything's so bad. In general, you see. I think you were just speaking specifically about the tech space in general. The stats of 2019 said that 50% of startups fail within the first two years. And then after that, it gets worse and worse to the point where within the first five years, 98% fails. But if you look at those that went and got coaching or went into some sort of a program, like an incubator or an accelerator, you'll find that the pass rate there is 90%. So 90% of companies that go into some sort of a program actually go on to succeed, which would then tell you that most of these companies that are doing startup, um, they're not going into some sort of a program, also went into a program like that. And uh, in, you, you see Absolutely. that sort of uh, success coming through there. Absolutely, which, which comes back to uh, the focal point of our conversation, which, which is the fundamentals of mentorship. So you are saying to us, uh, those that fail on the basis of this, this, the stats as you have unpacked them, um, in, in the general space, over 50% of companies fail. And, and you're saying to us, incubate incubation or any sort of structured program would likely contribute towards greater success. Am I correct? 100%, but not that alone. There's two things. It's funding and then there's mentorship. But let's separate the two. Yeah. Let's say a company 
needed funding. They need to pay for staff, they needed office space, machinery, all of those things. And you give them that money, um, let's say 10 million rand, you give it to them and you leave them to run for a year to two years, they, the, the chances of them failing are still gonna be 50% because they don't know how to spend that money correctly. They might spend it on the wrong things, make mistakes, and you can't reverse that. Uh, you can't reverse time, you can't reverse the spending of the money. If you had somebody coming in, guiding them, telling them what to do with those funds, because now they are enabled with the funds, they just need the guidance. That is the magic source, I think. And, uh, and the proof is in the stats. The only problem is, which incubator do you go with? Because there is another stat that says 90% of incubators fail themselves. Mm-hmm. And that is also due to uh, funding themselves. So having funding to keep that program running. And number two, the experience of those people that run incubators. A lot of people go do MBAs, some accountants, and then they come in, they give business advice, which is great. And it's good textbook, textbook information. But if you haven't been in the trenches yourself, if you don't have your own experience, it's very difficult to pass that on to somebody else. Uh, Mike Tyson gives one of my favorite quotes. Uh, Everybody has a plan until he gets smacked in the face. (laughs) And that's essentially what it is. When, when, When you're starting a business, you're getting smacked in the face every single day. And somebody that's just gonna be on the side say that's what it says in the textbook is only gonna frustrate the founder. You need somebody that's been there before. But but here's a here's a caveat here, Michan. I gr- granted, you you need somebody who who's got scars, so to speak. Somebody who has been in the trenches. Understand what they're talking about. Not an academic or someone who's gonna give you theoretical insights only, because th- that has limitation. But how do you know if this mentor that you have um, has is backed on by solid experience and the kind of advice that you're getting from this mentor because I'm raising this issue because someone who's listening now must recognize the importance of being able to identify a credible mentor or maybe a, a mentor that is not just only theory driven but theory that is backed up by practice. Your take on that? 100%. Um, if you want fruit from a tree, look at what fruit's on the tree, right? So <laughs> we have the internet and that gives us uh, access to so much information. You have LinkedIn, you know, normal Google searches and you'll be able to research somebody and see if they're worth their salt. Now granted, not everybody is out there on the internet. Some people keep a low profile um, and so you might have to work on your inner circle. But I think more importantly, than having the, the accreditation out there um, is relatability. If you can't relate to the person that's going to mentor you, even if they, you know, imagine Elon Musk as your mentor, that sounds amazing, mm. right? But not everybody can relate to him. Not everybody comes from the similar background. Not everybody has a similar personality uh, trait or same sort of interest. So you might find that the information he gives you doesn't really stick with you. It doesn't really influence you in a good way. It might be good information, but it doesn't impact you. Mm-hmm. I find that if I meet somebody that's normally of the same race, same ethnic background, it does help a lot. Uh, it, it definitely helps because of the relatability. We, I can, 
I can say something and that mentee isn't saying, yeah, but you don't know my condition. You don't know what I'm going through. It's easy for you to say. Because then as a mentor, I can always say, I've been there before. And this is where I am now. So if I was able to do it, you are able to do it. And so follow these steps. And it makes it a lot more believable, a lot more achievable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it gives people hope. I really, really believe relatability is key. I couldn't agree with you more, even though perhaps maybe one may argue that relatability is also relative in that um, there might be fewer mentors that have a similar cultural background who come from, who have a similar social upbringing and so on and so forth. But let's park that for now. Going deeper, um, we're talking relationship here fundamentally, a mentor and a mentee. What sort of preparations that a mentee needs to have um, to, to really win over a mentor because I think that's important, you know, as we begin to build, you, as a mentee, you, 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 you are offering something, you want to absorb certain things. What sort of preparations do you recommend or suggest to a person who's listening to the show now and saying, I want to be mentored, but I don't know what levels of preparations, what, what is that I need to sort myself? How do I get my house in order so that I give an impression of someone who's not only keen, but, uh, but ready uh, for that kind of intervention? Yeah, 100%. That's an amazing question, actually. Um, mentees, yeah, they, uh, more than often, they, they come and ask for help. And at the end of the day, a mentor is going to say, what do you need help with? And then the mentee says, I actually don't know. I was hoping you would tell me. And I think that is where most people already fail. Know exactly what your issues are and what you're trying to achieve, where you're trying to go. It's not the mentor's job to tell you who you're going to be and what you can be and what your potential is. It's the mentor's job to guide you in order to get to where you're trying to get to. And if they do see something in you, say, let's say you say you want to be a soccer player, just as an example. But really, as the mentor's been working with you, they can see you more of a long jumper. Uh, They will guide you to change that stream. But at least have that in you to know who you are and what you're trying to do and what problems you foresee trying to achieve those things before ever going to see a mentor. Absolutely. Um, Would you say the level of readiness of a mentee who is a business owner have contributed towards the high failure rate um, that we, you and I have spoken about, the 50% failure rate of businesses that don't see uh, that that fail within five within the first five years, and and the numbers gets worse as you go about. Would you say that is one critical contributing factor? I think definitely is a contributing factor. Definitely, I wouldn't say it's number one. I think number one is the unwillingness to seek help. Uh, so not wanting a mentor or mentee because it it almost feels like therapy and a lot of. Uh, a lot of our, our our culture says, you know, you don't go see a therapist. You know, why do you need somebody to tell you and, and help you with your problems if you can work through it yourself or you have friends? 
uh, and your friends might be giving you the wrong advice as well. So I think that number one issue is probably the unwillingness to get help. Then the number two problem is, yes, you reluctantly go get the help, but then are you teachable at all? If somebody's going to tell you what you should do and, and point you in the right direction, are you going to argue with them about that? But what you think is best for you, are you going to try those things? Yes, it's going to make you uncomfortable sometimes to do some of these things. And a lot of people don't want to get out of their comfort zone, so they argue constantly with their mentor. And a mentor doesn't mind it. They're getting paid per hour, right? So they'll, they'll sit there. It will frustrate them, but at the end of the day, they're getting paid. Um, so definitely be teachable and, and, and don't argue. Uh, I think those are the two big things I found in founders, that they're very strong-headed in, 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 in the way that they want things to go. And I think the third thing is kind of like this lazy attitude of, I'm, putting my, I'm paying you per hour to give me something, now give me everything I need right now, immediately, and, and make it all happen with magic without me needing to do anything, like the mentor's supposed to change your life and come into your business and turn your business around, that's not going to happen. Interesting observations. Um, I couldn't agree with you more. Firstly, the unwillingness to seek help. Obviously, the, one has to question oneself from barrier point of view that you, you, you really want to succeed. Somebody else has a solution for you, but are you teachable? If you are teachable, obviously, it's all about attitude if you are teachable um and and again one can argue their points provided the arguments or debates rather are informed by some kind of data some kind of research uh, because i also don't i also don't expect mnt that is just not um what's the word i'm looking for that is not engaging that is not inquisitive that is not read that is not giving out insights that makes the the, the, the the mentor think oh my goodness he they, they, he's, he's got something here this isn't quite important surely that part is important don't you think hundred uh, percent you don't you you want to feel that there's a sense of reward that the mentor gets when uh, they actually see that the work is it's, it's getting through to to the mentee and and, and the mentor is being helped and they're growing if you're not seeing that, there's no reward really in it and, and you'll be discouraged yourself. So you, you, you're not really going to get into it. Uh, I think you touched lightly on it earlier on, um, which was the, the personal aspect of it and that relationship. Uh, I was asked before <clears throat> about this being a, a professional exchange of just money, pay for the hour and, and move away. And it's just a business that you should separate business from from this personal uh, transaction, but I don't think you can separate the two. You have to really get involved with each other. You need to like that person. Uh, it, it becomes a personal relationship, almost like a father-son, mother-daughter, or father-daughter, mother-son uh, relationship that's happening. You, you really get close to that person. You reach out to them sometimes out of your work hours, and I'm using air quotes here. Uh, just to check on them to see if they're okay. So if you're not getting that back from them, that they are getting something from it, you're going to be very discouraged. And the most uh, important commodity 
to anybody is their time. And you don't want to be wasting your time. So you'd rather move on to somebody else. And so if, there's so many people that need help out there. I'd which, rather go on and help somebody else. Which, which comes to the point, point around a level of readiness and preparedness. Uh, you are likely to make a dent to the mentor if you are self-aware about your own limitations. You, first and foremost, let's look at time. When the meeting is set for 3 o'clock, you pitch there. 5 to 3, you're already there. That's number one. Number two, you come ready uh, because when you have a meeting, the assumption is that you would have set the meeting in advance and you need to be focused around what is it that are we going to talk about uh, in that particular meeting so that you, you focus your energy on specifics. Say, for an example, the meeting is about financial management. So what are the questions that you want to pose to the mentor on financial management so that when, when you leave after that meeting, your troubles would have been somehow alleviated by, by having that kind of structured conversation with the mentor on financial management. Your take on that? 100%, 100%. It's, I think it's the mentee's job to become an extractor of data. So the information and the guidance they're going to get from a mentor is really guided by the questions they ask. And again, if, if they come prepared and they already have a set of questions and a topic matter they're going for, they're going to make the most of that time. If they come unprepared, uh, they're not going to make the most of that time at all because they, they're going to ask really weak questions. And again, it's not the mentor's job to drive that. If the mentor really, really, really goes over and above, they'll try and steer it in the right direction, but chances are they wouldn't. I mean, I mean, you have been a, you still are, I would imagine a person of your caliber have had mentors, am I correct? And these issues are obviously on the basis of your lived experience. 100%, I still have mentors. I have a few mentors, not just one. And yeah, I consider them all my friends. Uh, we go out for a lunch and we're chatting and yes, it, it feels almost wrong from my side. Uh, like I, I'm there to always try and get some some sort of help or assistance. Uh, but that that's the nature of the relationship and they enjoy that they want to teach and I want to learn. So when I get there, there is the, the pleasantries we exchange and then I'm straight into it. Here's some issues I'm, I'm experiencing right now. How do I get through this? I've experienced this before and I've dealt with it in a certain way, but now it's a bit different and I can't understand why. Most of my mentors are in their 60s, you know, late 50s, 60s. They've been through it, but they've also been through it in a time when there wasn't internet. They've been through it when <laughs> research had to be done on, on, on a, at, at a library. So I do take what they have to say. Um, and I cherish all the information they give me, but I also have to contextualize it with the present time and where I live now. Uh, what they, what's out there, you know, AI and blockchain and all these other things which they never experienced during their time. Um, Interesting. And I also I present that to them as well. I say like, if times are a bit different now, how would you do it if you were in my shoes? Absolutely. What I'm picking up from you, um, it's it's the ability to essentially allow yourself to be ridiculed if possible. You make yourself vulnerable. 
in that vulnerability state, there lies in growth. While you're pondering on that particular point, let's take a break. We'll get back in a second. This is Beyond Mentorship with Dr. Nimrod Mbele is brought to you with the compliments of Plus 94 Research, the science of decision-making. Welcome back uh, to Beyond Mentorship. My name is Nimrod Mbele. We are gravitating towards the end of this fascinating conversation with uh, Ms. Uh, Mitchin Adams, who is the founder and a CEO, or, um, CEO at Aeon's Creative Technology. Uh, before we took that break, um, Pass me and just pause here and request you, the beloved listener of, of 101.9 High FM, as well as uh, 91.9, to give us your thoughts and views. I'm sure there are questions that you want to pose to Mitchin, whom I think you'll be gladly, uh, you know, please, will be pleased to respond to any of the questions around your journey or, or any aspect of our conversa- conversation thus far. The SMS 934449, the telegram is 061895. 1019. There we go. SMS line is 34519. The telegram is 061-895-1019. I'm sure uh, Mitchen will be pleased to respond to your questions. Mitchen, as we proceed, before we took that um, ad break, um, I put it to you that, you know, it is important that the, the, the notion of, I suppose, uh, networking, because earlier on you, you, you spoke about the kind of conversation that you have with your friends and and at the back of your mind you've been deliberate with who you network with and the kind of insights that you want to draw from them or abstract if you like from them um, that obviously speaks to the importance of networking upwards you you take us you you yes. take us through that yes um i don't know who said it that uh you, you need to surround your, yourself with, with people that you see yourself becoming. And I always found that strange um, to be like this, you know, the, the dumbest person in the room. Because at, at a certain point, other people are joining that room as well. And you're no longer the dumbest in the room. So you have to constantly keep moving up. Uh, I struggled with that initially in the beginning. But at the end of the day, um, you used the word earlier, vulnerable. I've made myself vulnerable and open to anybody and everybody. So I actually don't filter my network in that manner. I would sit down with, with guys that uh, I guess are not on the same playing field with me, knowing very well that they're not, and that this is more them learning from me and me encouraging and sowing into their lives. And then I find myself where I am the dumbest in the room. And I'm, I'm just trying to gain um, as much information as possible. So it's, it's about the dominion and the domain that you're in. You need to understand what domain you thrive in and where you have the authority and where you don't have the authority and play your part well. If you're just going to try and go into the rooms where you're gonna gain and gain and gain, um, you're gonna hit the ceiling somewhere and you'll find at some point, nobody ever wants to assist you anymore because you're just a taker you need to give as well i think that's a very important point on the side of mentee giving is a bit of a background um search that you do to, to give an impression to a, a would-be men- mentor that you, you are knowledgeable about something or you are inquisitive about something that gives him a sense of a different perspective which 
that on its own is quite encouraging. So you are saying to us, it is okay for you to be vulnerable. Um, identify people in your circle, outside your circle, that that you can learn from. And, and by having those simple conversations, you know, I would prefer to have a structured conversation, say, but what is the end in mind? When I meet X, Y, Z, what is it that I'm trying to figure out? You, you have to be very really clear. Uh, am I correct to assume that type of thinking a, and a trajectory when you go into those kind of conversations? Yes, definitely. Uh, what, what's very interesting is also sometimes just talking it out you find that you give him the answer yourself to certain things. So um, it wouldn't even need to be somebody that's way higher up and with more experience. Uh, it's just somebody that's also extracted the information out of you. So they asking you questions about stuff and, and, and you just giving these answers. And as you give him the answers, you realize I actually have all the answers inside of me. Um, but being prepared definitely is key in all of that and knowing those questions that you have in the back of your head and talking them through outwardly, getting those things out, never keeping it in. Keeping it in your head, you're just going to do wheel spins all the time. And, and, and a follow-up question would be, what is the value of jotting ideas down um, as fresh, as, as, as quick as possible so that you're able to reflect on what is scripted because on that basis you're able to strengthen your own understanding on the basis of what you have what what has been written how important is that um i'm sure it is very important do i actually do it no because i never have a pen or a paper or something at the moment when i have those ideas i tell you what you do i think I, you can I, do it your attention span is quite good if you don't so some people need to walk around with pens or even a cell phone just, yeah. you know say declare listen can i use my cell phone can i just want to record the conversation because from here i'm going to try and jot them down so that i'm clear in my mind surely that's acceptable yeah no no that that is definitely acceptable uh, in those things, I, in the sessions, definitely, I, I would have a pen and paper, and whoever's being mentored have a pen and paper. Um, but I'm saying, as as ideas come to your head in general, um, it would be a good idea to take those down. Uh, what I found was uh, it's a writing exercise. Mm -hmm. So you set a timer on your phone for 15 minutes. Uh, and this would probably be after you've had a, a session with your mentor and, and certain ideas are flowing through your head. You take a piece of paper or book rather because one piece of paper is not going to work with a pen and you just keep writing. Uh, you set the timer for 15 minutes and you click go and anything that comes to your head, any word, it doesn't even have to make sense as a sentence. You just write it down, but you never lift the pen from the the paper unless you have to turn the page and you just do that for 15 minutes you'll be surprised how 15 minutes flies by and at the end when you read back what you've written there's so much stuff locked in your subconscious that's been triggered from your session you'll be amazed by everything and all your ideas and all the solutions that you've written down there beautiful beautiful stuff in it unfortunately we're going to have to leave it here Michelle. it has been absolutely wonderful and i i'm sure that um Everyone who listened to the show up to this second has benefited immensely. We thank you for your time. 
Thank you so much, Dr. Amrod. You're most welcome. Uh, that was uh, Michel Adams, who is uh, a serial entrepreneur, giving us very interesting insights on how to really l leverage on a mentor. One of the key issues that he mentioned is that you must be willing to be helped. Number two, he said, you must be teachable. These are questions that you need to ask yourself. Are you willing to be, are you willing to be helped? Are you teachable? What, are you lazy? And, and most importantly, write down every single idea as we engage with um, whoever that, that, that you think would offer or make a difference in your thinking, which will translate into some plans for your business, as it were. We're going to have to leave it here. It has been absolutely beautiful, at least on the side of, of, of mission. We're now going to get into the second phase of our conversation. If you recall, earlier on, I indicated that we wanna, we'll be joined by Pelani Mahano, who is an MD at West Mountain. Um, Pelani runs his own enterprise and is a, is a potential mentee on this particular program. Let's take a final break and we'll get back in a second.